the concept here is something that I firmly believe in and that's it takes money to make money and financing loans debt is not a bad thing you know and that's some some of the myths I want to bust today is like it's okay to take on a bunch of debt I think I have man I think I, I think I have over 3 million in debt personally right now and I'm proud of it that's you know if your goal is billions then a few million in debt is is totally fine What is keeping you from growing your business to the next level? I'm Jess Bergio, one of the hosts here for Fast Foundations, the podcast. Between the three of us, my co-host Jim, RT, and I have grown several businesses scaling beyond seven figures. And you know what? Not a single one of those businesses came with a blueprint. For years, we poured time and resources into our businesses, from salons, tech companies, and product-based businesses, navigating success and failures on our own. For all of us though, it began to change in 2019 when we found a community of like-minded entrepreneurs and industry leaders to mentor us. That community was Fast Foundations. Just like the mastermind, we're bringing on experts and having discussions to give you tips to not only improve the foundational skill sets you need, but to also fast track your growth. We'll dive into the core pillars of what will make your business succeed. Whether you have a brand new idea that you're looking to turn into a business, or you're already a successful entrepreneur looking to scale, this community is here to take you to the next level. Let's dive in. And we're live. This is the first time that we've tried this. So the wheels might come off this bus. If you are one of the three, four, oh, five people in the audience now already. Thank you for, for joining us. Um, it's probably just our friends and family that care at this point, but um, Hi, Mom. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> we have some, uh, maybe we have some people that we, we don't pay, uh, listening and thank you for that. But Jim and I, I'm RT, RT Custer, the other side of Carter and Custer. Jim Carter is here with me today. Hi, Jim. Hey, man. And we are uh, going live, trying to live Fast Foundations podcast. Today, the topic is 0% APR financing for your small business. And if you don't know what Fast Foundations is, if you're joining us live or or listening to this afterwards, um, Fast Foundations Mastermind is, you can learn all kinds of stuff about it at fastfoundations.com. But we believe in the concept of as the tide rises, all ships rise. We try to learn and grow together. And one of the things that that Jim and I focus on is just constantly learning new things so that we can bring them back to our companies. Because we both have a lot of different companies, a lot of different things going on, and our mastermind members. Um, and now we're going to include our podcast audience in that as well. And the, the purpose and, and why we're doing this right now is my main company and the company that I started uh, with my friend Tyler years and years ago, it's called Vortic Watch Company. Long story short, we take antique American pocket watches and turn them into wrist watches. Um, it's a manufacturing company. We were awarded a $250,000 advanced manufacturing grant from the state of Colorado. I actually won that grant on Cinco de Mayo. And today, uh, while we're filming this, it's the middle of September. And unfortunately, we still haven't seen a cent of that funding. (laughs) Um, And it's just kind of all part of the process. Apparently, 
you don't, when you get a grant, you don't get the money right away and you don't get the money all at once. You have to fill out all this paperwork. We just got the contract yesterday, which means I can start getting some of the money soon-ish. But because I didn't know any of that, I started making plans for the holiday season coming up, thinking that I was going to get a quarter million dollars in cash in the bank at some point soon. And so now I'm like, oh, okay, I, I need I need some cash. I need to cash flow this thing until we do our big launch in November, until we have all this cash coming in over the holidays. And I started doing a bunch of research trying to find like what's the best way to get short-term financing. And there's a bunch of bad ways to get short-term financing. Um, and Jim, you and I have talked about this a lot for, for all kinds of different businesses. But if I want to invest in, you know, next year's growth inventory for the, the rest of this year, I need, I don't need a whole lot of money, but I need something to work with. And so where do I get a loan like this or financing like this without a huge amount of paperwork or a huge amount of time? That was kind of the question. And the reason that 0% interest is interesting besides the fact that it's just zero is that, you know, it's a short term, you know, most of these are credit cards that I'm going to talk about and we're going to discuss, but um, I just saw a news alert come through last night. Jim, do you know the federal prime rate in America right now? I feel like it's three or four percent, something Didn't like it, that. It just rose. Yeah, I want to say it's around four. Yeah, it's probably four percent. But I saw the prime rate of Argentina. Do you want to take a stab at what that is? Well, like eight. 10. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was like, you know, like uh, prime rates, that's the Based federal off of conversion rate. Something. Yeah. That's like the federal interest rate. It's what all mortgages and loans in your country are based on in the U S it's probably three or 4%. It's been lower than that. The federal prime rate in Argentina right now is 75%. What in can the, you, can you imagine? Hell? And that's because of inflation, like hyper, it's are ridiculous. It's, I can't even wrap my head around 75. That. 75%. Isn't that nuts? I just read that yesterday. I mean, at that point, just give up. <laughs> don't I mean, do don't it. get a loan in Argentina. Don't, don't take it. Know? No. Yeah. So, so how lucky are we? How privileged are we that we get to talk about 0% APR right now? And the fact that like when you do have to pay interest on these things, like worst case, your credit card interest is like 20 some percent. And typically most of the loans and stuff that we're looking at lines of credit and stuff is going to be eight or 10%. So the concept here is something that I firmly believe in, and that's it takes money to make money and financing loans, debt is not a bad thing, you know, and that's some, some of the myths I want to bust today is like, it's okay to take on a bunch of debt. I think I have, man, I think, I, I think I have over 3 million in debt personally right now, and I'm proud of it. That's, you know, if your goal is billions then a few million in debt is, is totally fine. So yeah, I try to keep it in that perspective. I never really, I never really actually total it up, but I mean, I'm, I'm at least a million at least. Yeah. And that's, yeah. Well, especially when you factor in uh, real estate houses, you know, stuff like that. that that's the only thing. I mean, cause you got the recent building that you just bought, you got the multiple companies, you got all the equipment stuff. Yeah. For me, it's yeah. at least a million too. So God, it's probably, it's probably closer to four when you said that. <laughs> I actually, I don't know if I want to total it up right now, but yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. But I don't, I'm not worried about that because, and, and that's the, you know, I, I think before we dive into this, we should say that um, neither, neither of us are financial experts, neither of us are financial advisors, do not take financial advice from a podcast, that would be not good. But 
we're going to share what we've learned by trying like i think between the two of us we've used or tried pretty much every form of financing known to man so uh we're just going to document that for for all y'all today so um the the first one that that i wanted to to go through and we're, we're just going to highlight all the different types of financing before we get into like the zero percent interest credit cards and the lines of credit that i'm working on right now the first one that i have experience in is crowdfunding we started vortex watch company on kickstarter back in 2014 and you know crowdfunding is i mean you can use kickstarter you can use republic.co you can use um Gosh, there's so many Indiegogo. Indiegogo was out there. Uh, there's so many different things uh, that you can you can finance with uh, crowdfunding, but the the reason that that's not relevant right now for me is it just takes a long time. Crowdfunding, you have to set up a whole new website. It's a whole marketing plan around it. It's not quick, um, and you know it's typically like selling pre-orders, and that just doesn't make sense right now. So. Starting with that, that's one option for a lot of people. If you want to research that, Kickstarter is what we used. I love that. Um, investors, like equity financing is one. Um, so a lot of people think of Shark Tank when you think of that. And that's selling a portion of equity in your company for a certain amount of money. And that's great, but also takes a long time. It's very relationship-based. And you know you really need to have something worth investing in. And, I, and I've done that with Vortic. You know, Jim, you were part of a, a startup, a couple, right, that, that mm -hmm. have raised money. Yep. Tech companies. So, when I was up in the Bay Area, we, we did multiple rounds, um, simple convertible notes, um, bridges, yep. um, you know, seed money, and then a little bit of series seed. So, but it, it takes work. I mean, you, you, you got to be knocking on doors. You got to be constantly out trying to get in as many meetings as possible it's doable I'm, i've probably been part of raising just under a million i would say total over all of my ventures in the past when i was up in the bay um, it takes a lot and it, it's just it's a it's one of those full focus types of things right i'd see like when you were doing it like that's all you're doing you're yep you're courting investors you're asking who knows who you're you're really selling them on what you're doing so it's an all-encompassing action it's basically a whole nother job. Like when yeah. you're when you're a CEO of a of a small company and then you're raising equity money, you're you're raising financing and selling part of your company uh for for equity based financing, it's it's like running a whole other business and you're selling parts of the business, not just products from your business or services from your business. And um and so ruled that one out as far as short term, how do we help my business right now? How do we get some some cash into Vortec right now? Ruled that one out, don't have time for that probably going to do that next year, but not a, it's not a right now kind of thing for, for all those reasons. Um, it's just a lot of time and effort. Plus I don't, I don't really want to give up any more equity as it stands right now. Um, I want to get a little further down the road first. So the other, the other thing that, that we've both done that, that's, that could be big money, but also takes a long time just so you know where we're coming from, is loans. So these can be traditional loans. These can be SBA loans. These, you know, um, business loans work kind of like a mortgage. Um, there's a ridiculous amount of paperwork that you have to fill out. You need at least two years of tax returns. And they want to see all of your business financials. They're going to require collateral of some kind, just like your mortgage. When a bank gives you a mortgage, the bank technically owns your home. And then you're buying it from them over 30 years. 
Um, so they own, it's called the note, the note on your building or your home. Um, and you're paying off that, that loan or that note. Now, um, you can get business loans, whether they're SBA loans or traditional loans. And for those that don't know what I'm talking about, that's the Small Business Association. And that's probably another thing we should put a caveat here. Everything we're talking about today is, is for the United States. If you're outside of the United States, um, hit us up. We'll see if we can find some resources for you. I know a lot of this applies to Canada, too. Like a lot of these banks we work with also work in Canada. But um, specifically, the SBA is a U.S.-based thing, and the SBA helps banks take more risk, and it's a federal program to help more entrepreneurs succeed in the USA. And so you can get an SBA or a traditional bank loan somewhere between five years of length of term all the way up to about 30 years in length of term, like a mortgage. Those EIDL loans that pe people got and we got last year were 30-year loans. These typically come in at much lower APRs or much lower percentage rates. You can get as low as about 3% and typically maybe as high as 10%. Some of them are fixed rate, like the EIDL loans and a mortgage. Most mortgages are fixed rate. You're paying the same interest rate for all 30 years. But then you also have variable rates, which are prime plus X. So it's whatever the prime rate is. Let's say the prime rate is 4%. Maybe you have a prime plus three loan. That means you're paying 7% interest. If prime is four, prime plus three is seven. And that means every time the prime rate goes up and down, your interest rate changes. Not ideal, but you know, if you can get a big loan from that, totally cool. These loans, SBA loans and traditional loans can range anywhere from $100,000 up to hundreds of millions, sometimes billions. You know, people get massive loans to build skyscrapers in this way. So that's SBA and, and traditional loans. And I would say, Jim, that the EIDL that we got last year is probably inside that bucket. Would you agree with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we we took advantage of the, I think they call it the COVID relief mm -hmm. EIDL like edition of the SBA. They, they had a whole separate branch because they were giving out so much money. Yeah. Um, originally, let's see, it was 2020. Yeah, mid mid 2020, right when they, they came out, um, I'd applied for that for us. I got a smaller amount. Um, I want to say it was maybe a 60 or, or 70 grand. And that really just mm -hmm. helped with extra cash flow while we were navigating contracts and, you know, everybody's figuring out what they're going to do with their different budgets. And then they opened up a second round. The, the first one, I think I got it within maybe about two or three months worth of time. Yep. Um, a lot of paperwork, a couple of phone calls, um, had to prove, you know, some documentation, things like that. Um, they opened up a second round. That one took forever. <laughs> it took almost a full year. Yeah, um, worth same. it in the end because Crazy. we got a lot more and we absolutely took advantage of that extra cash. It's, it helped us to cash flow, um, put, put money right back into payroll and, uh, and new investments that we're doing. And yeah, it was uh 3.75 fixed over 30 years, which basically it should be free, especially if we're talking about Argentina. So that's a yeah. uh, <laughs> lot of opportunity. That's to as close to zero as you're going to get. Yep. Yeah. It, it, after, after you factor in inflation, the government's paying you to take the almost yeah yep. 100 percent. so um so that's i mean that's loans and that's a huge category a lot of people take out loans for their their small businesses I, I think i've done pretty much every level of sba financing um the vortic got a fifty thousand dollar sba loan and i don't know years ago and then we we upgraded to like a two hundred fifty thousand dollar loan that required collateral 
um, you know, a couple years after that. And then I did an SBA 7A loan, which is kind of middle of the road. We got about 600 grand in 2019 from that. And then we did this EIDL loan last year. We have 1.5 million from that. We uh, liquidated or, or um, refinanced most of the other debt using that uh, loan um, because it was such a low interest. The only uh, SBA loan that I don't have experience in, um, I tried, but it's it's difficult, is called SBA 504 loan. And that's what you look for if you want to buy a commercial building. So if you want to own the building that you're in, um, then you can look for an SBA 504 or a traditional bank loan. Um, and they use the building as collateral. It's basically a commercial or a business mortgage. That's kind of how that works. What I use for, for this building actually is something called an owner carry. Um, some people call it seller financing. That's a whole other podcast <laughs> um, worth of stuff. But basically that means the person you're buying the building from is the bank. So you're, you're promoting your landlord gets promoted from landlord to banker. Um, and that's kind of the, the methodology there. And so, again, that's a whole other thing, but that is an option, uh, personal loans like that or seller financing is always an option for personal real estate, residential homes, um, and commercial real estate like, like this building I'm in right now. The next topic we have is lines of credit. Lot to unpack here, lots of options here, but lines of credit are separate from credit cards. So credit cards is the next option. Lines of credit come in two forms. They come in secured and unsecured. A secured line of credit, you can get over 50,000, typically you can get $100,000 or more in a revolving line of credit for your business. And that, the key word here is revolving. When we talk about a line of credit versus a loan, when you think about a loan, you have, let's say your mortgage, it's a 30 year term. So you have 30 years to pay that off. You make payments every single month for 30 years and then it's gone and you can't access that capital anymore but now you own the asset. If you have a line of credit, let's say you have a $100,000 line of credit, I can pull $100,000 from my line of credit into my business checking account, use it for whatever I need to do. I can pay it off either monthly, weekly, you know, whatever. I can pay it down and, and over time, whether it's six months, a year, three years, I can pay off that $100,000 and then I can use it again. And actually you can use even just half of it. You don't have to use the whole thing. So I could just say, all right, I have up to $100,000 in revolving line of credit. Let me just pull 50K of it, half of it, use that, and then I'll pay that off. And then maybe next time I'll pull 75 out, use that. Revolving line of credits are fantastic for small businesses. And a pro tip with this that I've learned is Every, I think every business should have a revolving line of credit attached to their business bank account that they use for payroll. And here's why. You never want to look, you never want to have to look at your account every two weeks when payroll runs and make sure that there's enough in there. That's really stressful as an entrepreneur. So if two weeks goes by, you know, and payrolls do, and let's say you don't have enough cash in your business bank account, but you have a hundred thousand dollar line of credit banks will let you set up an automated draw. So if your bank account gets less than $10,000 in total cash in your account, then the, the line of credit will just draw that money and send 10 or 20,000 over to put more cash in your bank account automatically without you thinking about it. And then once your line of, or once your uh, checking account gets above a certain number, let's say, I think the way I have it set up for Vortec is like, once I get above 50, 
then it pays down the line of credit automatically and sends 10,000 at a time back. And it's basically overdraft protection, but for a business and at scale. So whether you get a big line of credit or a small one, it's just for me, it's like a parachute. It's like peace of mind. You just don't have to look at the account every two weeks and stress about it. So that's, that's a line of credit and why you would use it. And, and that's, we talked about secured line of credit and you can get, you can get hundreds of thousands. I mean, you can get a million dollars in a line of credit if it's secured. And what I mean by secured is it's, there's collateral, like you're putting up your personal home as collateral. The bank will come and take something from you if you don't make your payments. Um, most of the time they put up business assets like your inventory, your building, uh, furniture, equipment, the business will, the bank will come and take that from your business if you don't make your payments on your evolving line of credit. That's what it means if it's secured. Everything we're talking about today, though, and really the point of this is unsecured lines of credit and credit cards. So you can go to most banks and walk in and apply for an unsecured line of credit up to $50,000. That's usually the cap. They will, as long as you have a business that's at least an LLC that's at least two years old, most banks will just give you a $50,000 line of credit or up to that amount with simply your LLC paperwork, your EIN paperwork, and your personal credit. So they're going to run your personal credit. And as long as you have above about a 700 credit score, then you'll get most likely 10,000 to 50,000 in lines of credit. Most big banks do this. And Jim, you have, you got one of these from what Wells Fargo a <laughs> while ago, right? Yeah. I, big fan of line of credits as well. Um, we, we actively use that for Carter and Custer right now. Um, I've been with Wells Fargo. I was, I, I told you like 15 years, but actually it's been over 20 years. I remember I set up my first Wells Fargo business account probably right after I got out of high school. So late nineties and <laughs> I have used, I've used Wells Fargo forever. So that that's another thing guys is like anything, loyalty matters to the company that you work with. Yep. So the longer you're with the bank, the longer you have these established, you, know, you don't have to have the same banker, but the longer you show credibility that you're, you can pay things on time, all of that. It's just like your credit score. You, you have credit with your banks as well. So I've been insanely loyal to Wells Fargo for over the last 20 years. And when I went in with, you know, an updated, you know, business credit profile, brought in the Duns number, all this stuff. And they saw, yep, you pay your bills on time. You guys are growing. You have more revenue coming in. You also have a lot more expenses because that's another side of growth. They, they immediately gave us uh, the first round, I think was a 35K line of credit. And then more recently, RT, you, you met a new banker um, for Wells Fargo. I connected with her. She's awesome. They, they looked at my credit history. They looked at our business credit. They saw how long I had been around with them. They're like, yeah, we're just going to 3X your line of credit. I was like, fantastic. Let's do it. <laughs> right. And, and we've used the line of credit in the past. There were a couple months where we had leveraged some money. And we were a little bit lower than I wanted. And I was able to simply draw down from that line of credit. Payroll ran without a hitch. And the next month, you just start making payments off to it. So really, really flexible. That's that revolving side of it. And it gives you that peace of mind where you have cash available to you, right? You still have to make a prudent choice about what you're going to do with that cash. You, you never want to borrow more than you can fundamentally crawl out of a hole from. But right. as long as you're making the right choices and you're, you're using that money appropriately, it's still better than, let's just say, like a cash advance, which we're going to talk about in, in credit cards as well. 
But totally. in this case, it's true cash that is just transferred over to, let's say, a business checking account. And you yep. can use that cash for whatever you need. And that's really, so there's a, a few reasons that you would choose a line of credit over a loan or a credit card. Um, one of the one of the best things about a line of credit is that it's revolving. And so you can use it, put it back, use it, put it back. And that's the difference between a line of credit and a loan. The other thing is, is that you can get up most of these lines of credit for $50,000 total or less with literally just your LLC paperwork from your business and a personal credit check. And that's all you need. They, they're not going to ask for your tax returns or they shouldn't um, as long as it's $50,000 or less. They're not going to ask for your history or your business. Um, there is no one of the other myths and we'll get into this, but there's not really a business credit bureau, you know, like there's. Equifax and TransUnion and FICO scores and all that stuff for personal business is a lot more complicated and it's not a centralized system. And so they're really, they're just going to look and make sure that your, your LLC is in good standing with the state that you're in. Um, and they're going to see if they see any red flags, uh, especially in your personal credit profile. Um, and then they're going to give you a line of credit and attach it to your business. And the longer, the older your LLC. So if your LLC was formed in your state at least two years ago, but the older it is. So if you have an LLC that's 10 years old, the more money you're going to get. And it's just, it's, it's the risk profile that the bank goes through. If you just created this LLC online, like three days ago, they're going to give you five or 10 grand in the line of credit because they're like, ah, this is a startup. You know, you just started. It doesn't matter how much cash you have in the bank. You know, this is brand new. So if anyone's sitting on an LLC and not doing anything with it right now, um, don't close it because <laughs> you might you might be able to use that. And we'll get into to the specifics of this. But if you're interested in a line of credit, most big banks do it. And you simply walk into a bank and try to use the bank that you already have a business checking account with. And if you don't have a business checking account with any bank, then create a business checking account and and use it for a little while and then go in and ask for a line of credit. and you want, you're looking for a relationship manager. And that's the difference what Jim just said. You know, I think Jim, when you went into a bank years ago, you probably just walked in, talked to whoever was behind the desk and they set you up with a line of credit and that's great, but they only gave you about 35,000. If you use a relationship manager, these are like the vice presidents of the banks. They are like regional managers. They don't actually work in any of the branches. They're like floaters, uh, especially pre, like after um, the pandemic. They they work remote. They 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 call them relationship managers or business relationship managers. If you apply through one of them for a credit card, like we're going to talk about, or a line of credit, then a real human looks at your application at every single step. The underwriter is a real human. The relationship manager follows your application all the way through and reports back to you on what happened. Did you get the credit card? Did you get the line of credit? Um, and most big banks have these relationship managers and you work with them. You don't just apply online because if you do that or you just walk up to some random person at a branch, they're just going to fill out some kind of form and then a computer algorithm is going to figure out how much risk the bank is willing to take on you. And you don't want to trust that. You will literally get 50% or more funding if you work with a real human throughout the whole process. And so that's, that's a huge thing. I just want to, I want to make sure a relationship manager is clutch in all of this scenario. 
do not just walk into a bank or follow one of those funnels to apply for like a Chase credit card online. You'll still get it, but you'll get half what you want in funding because now you're trusting an algorithm instead of a human that can override the algorithm and give you more because of the words you say and how you apply. You want someone on your team, you know, and what you're looking for is an unsecured commercial line of credit for $50,000 or less and big banks, Wells Fargo, Chase, Bank of America, US Bank, Key Bank, PNC, you know, the big ones. Um, they're the ones that, I mean, they're authorized to basically give away these lines of credit. They want you to have them. They want you to use them. They want you to put this money to work. Um, that's why these banks exist. So that's lines of credit. Jim, uh, anything I missed yeah. in, in that? Nothing you missed, but I did get one tip from um, from a banker when I was when I was working with the line of credit originally, which is they said, even if you okay, let's so it's good practice to have it attached to your account, so mm -hmm. you can consider it like rainy day. But like anything with credit, the more you use it, the more that data helps to reflect your score, and mm. you you can reflect the trust factor with it. So the recommendation I got was let's just say you get a $10,000 line of credit. Doesn't, yep. doesn't matter what the number is. Still use 500 bucks of it. Still use $1,000 worth of it and then pay it back. And do that every once in a while. You're going to pay pennies relatively on, on percentages sure. in terms of interest. But what you're doing is you're building clout with the bank. So when you need to get that raised, they're not like, yeah, but you never used what you already had. Why do you need more right now? You're, mm. you're giving them no reason to doubt that you're 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 using the asset that they've given you and that was information to me as well up until uh, yeah, probably a few months ago so dude, that's awesome that's exactly why i wanted to do this because like yeah. i i'm like deep into this learning about all this stuff and and that's that's new information and i guess i just i use all this money right away i put it right to work <laughs> I, you know i'm not i'm not scared of yeah i, I don't yeah. want you know, if I have available credit, I'm like, yeah, let's go. Let's, let's go. invest that in something. Yeah. In, um, in this case, I oh, learned yeah, cool. it's almost like having a bunch of credit cards and then not spending anything on credit cards and then asking yep. for raises to those limits. They're going to be like, well, use what you got. So yeah, you didn't even um, use what you had. What I've been told, and again, this is not, you know, the advice that I, that I know, but this is what I was told and it, and it made sense. And it also reflected um, correctly recently when we did find a new relationship banker with Wells Fargo. And they said, oh, Mr. Carter, uh, let's see, you've, you've got a 35K line of credit currently right now. You've got a little over half of that available. Uh, we see that you've been using it, making payments on time. Yeah, we're just going to go ahead and try. I was like, oh, full fantastic. <laughs> it's great. That's, yeah, now we that's have it. all this extra that's runway a, because a, a we proved that we can do it. Yeah, exactly. So that, that was one tip that I found as well. Yeah, because if you had just gone on to Wells Fargo online, I bet there's a button somewhere that says like request an increase on your commercial line of credit. And you click on that, you probably would have went from 35 to 50, you know, right. I mean, like, yeah, you know, because a computer would have just done that. If you talk to a human, they're like, how much money do you need? And you'll be like, well, I'd love to have a hundred thousand. And they'll be like, ah, oh, we can't do that, but we'll get you to like 80. Is that cool? And right. you're like, uh, yeah, great. I really kind of just wanted 50, you know, um, <laughs> that's like, I've experienced that five times in the last few months. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. You just have to work with a human and there's a lot of humans that work for these huge banks. So they're out there and, um, and yeah, they're called business bankers, commercial bankers, re um, relationship manager is the term that most people use. Um, that's who you're looking for. Um, okay. Let's, let's dive into what sparked all this, which is credit cards, huge myth that, we want to debunk right now. Uh, 
about credit cards. Most people think that credit cards are bad and that you should not use a credit card for your business or for a lot of expenses because it could hurt you. And that fact that a credit card could hurt you is accurate. But if used correctly, especially business credit cards are vital, I think, to growing a business. And I'm saying this because I have about 180,000, probably soon to be 200,000 worth of 0% APR credit cards headed my way right now in the mail from three different banks. I'm playing the game. I'm trying this. I'm just sprinting down the battlefield ahead and, and, you know, just like trying this out and see what happens. And, you know, learning so much every day about what's possible. But these big banks, they have those promotional offers that you see online all the time. I mean, we just got this last night, you know, from Bank of America. It's like, you know, take a look at what you can do with zero. And this is a, an advertisement for a 0% APR credit card. Bank of America right now will give me 0% APR for up to 21 billing cycles. That's oh, almost two years of 0% financing. Like I could rack up, let's say I get $20,000 in credit with them. I could just rack up 20 grand in charges and then let it sit for almost two years and not pay a dime in interest as long as I paid off crazy. And that's just one bank. There's like 20 banks that do this. So for years, I've used business credit cards, but I have like the Chase Marriott card and the Chase United card. And so I've been on the points game and I love that. I love points. I love the status that that gives you on the airlines. And the, I mean, Jim, like we talk about oh, this yeah. shit all the time. Points. Forever. We're just, yeah. I mean, it's amazing. And so I, I've been playing the game, but playing for points. And somebody was like, have you heard of this, this thing called credit stacking? And I was just like, no, tell me more. This is fantastic. I was like, basically, you go get 0% APR credit cards. And there's, they're all over the map. Like some of them will give you six months. They're intro offers. It's not 0% forever. It's called an intro offer. And they're business credit cards. That's the huge key here, guys. There's a massive difference. We'll talk in, but the difference between personal and business. It's a business credit card. You get 0% APR for six months, nine months, 12 months. That Bank of America one is 21. It's crazy. That's wild. I've never seen that before. Some of them. Months. Isn't it nuts? Yeah. And US Bank has one that's 20 um, and one that's 15. It's nuts. Um, and I just didn't know this until like, I mean, literally like a month ago. I like, this is crazy. So credit stacking is basically, I'll go to, let's say, KeyBank. I got a few cards from KeyBank recently in the mail to me. KeyBank has 0% APR for seven months. And I have four LLCs that I actively use that are all at least two years old. And so I got four credit cards just to see what happens. Um, I applied once. They pulled my personal credit once. Um, at that time, my credit was 802. And we'll get into how to optimize personal credit here for, for those that are interested. I got a, awarded um, somewhere between 15000 and 25000 in 0% credit for each of those businesses just from KeyBank. And that promotion is for seven months. So what I'm going to do, and, and this is all theory. I just learned about this. But the theory is, I'll have 0% APR for seven months. I'll use those cards. I'll rack up, you know, hundred grand in total expenses over the next seven months across those cards. And then I'll go to Bank of America or US Bank, 
who have 15 or 20 months worth of 0% APR. But Bank of America and US Bank, they also apply balance transfers to 0%. So credit stacking is saying, I'm going to actually close these key bank credit cards seven months from now, transfer, use a balance transfer, transfer all the debt that I have over to Bank of America or US Bank, and now still not pay any interest for another 15 to 20 months because I'm just using one bank. I'm robbing Peter to pay Paul, right? Um, and you can do that for years because there's so many banks. You just have to find the ones that do balance transfers. Now, there's balance transfer fees. They have to run your credit again every time you do this. There's a lot of stuff that I haven't experienced yet, but it's super cool. And even if you don't want to mess with that credit stacking thing, if that's stressful, like how do I time it all right? Even just 0% for seven months is pretty darn awesome, especially right now. And that solves the original problem I was trying to solve. If you remember, I'm just trying to gear up for the holidays this year. That's it. So this is wonderful. Seven months, perfect. So I just wanted to first explain that's the theory. That's what we're working on. That's the stuff that I've learned about, like the banks involved in this. So I, I did... Um, I started with KeyBank, Wells Fargo, and US Bank, uh, just to test the theory. Bank of America and Chase have some amazing options too. And I'm sure when somebody's listening to this, watching this, if they're in the audience right now, they're going to ask a question, they're going to comment, and this is why we do it. We're going to come up with a list of like seven other banks that do this. Um, so this is going to be really cool. And we'll put all that stuff in the show notes. We can probably make a blog about this on the website. Like, There's so much information here. But... Credit cards are not bad, especially business credit cards and especially these 0% cards. So that's where we're starting with. Now, personal cards are totally different. Your business credit is not really monitored much and there's ways to optimize your business credit. I haven't really got into that. Um, it just hasn't been really relevant or necessary. But let's talk about personal credit cards. Jim, do you... Are you familiar with, this was all kind of new, it was new-ish to me, I knew a little bit of this. Were you, are you familiar with the five ways that your personal credit score is impacted? I had to Google it this morning. No, I'm not. I got some assumptions, but yeah, I'd love to learn. So um, the first one is payment history, and that weight is 35%. So 35% of your credit score, which like I said, if you want to do this, you need at least a 700 credit score, higher the better. Um, but 35% of your credit score is based on payment history. So you get the first step in increasing your personal credit is to obtain a personal credit card, obtain a personal loan, get a mortgage, get a car loan, a car lease. You need debt personally to increase your credit score. And once you have that debt, once you have a loan, a personal loan, a home equity line of credit, you know, all those things count for this anything that's reporting to the credit bureaus on your personal credit score, you have to make sure that you pay those payments on time forever. If you miss a payment, that's 35% of the weight of your credit score that gets impacted. I missed one mortgage payment in 2018 and I'm still fighting that, you know, and it's tough. Like it, that hurts a lot. So set everything up on auto pay and make sure you can make these payments on the personal cards. The second one is utilization. So that's the total amount of money that you have in use divided by the total amount of credit that you have. So let's say you have a personal 
credit card. Jamie, you have the Apple card, right? Mm -hmm. So you have the personal Apple card. Let's say you have a $10,000 credit limit on that. Your utilization percentage, if you have $8,000 in credit racked up on that is 80%. You're using 80% of the credit that you have available on that one card. So when, when they calculate your FICO score, your TransUnion score, all that kind of stuff, they look at the total amount of credit that you have out there, the total amount you have on your mortgage, the total amount you have in your car payments, the total amount on all your credit cards, and they divide that number, they divide the total amount that you owe against the total credit you have available and determine what the utilization is. When you apply for these lines of credit and business credit cards, your personal credit utilization must be less than what I've heard is about 35%. Basically, try to pay off all your personal debt before you go apply for a business credit card, as much of it as you can. Um, mortgages are looked at differently. You know, that's okay. Mortgages are good debt. But like personal credit cards, try to pay them all off before you apply for a business card. It's huge. That's another 30% weight. The other ones are the length of your credit history, which is just you know, early and often get as many credit cards as you can. I recommend two or three from, from my research, uh, personal credit cards, and then keep them for as long as you can. That's really important. Um, so the length of your credit history is really important. And then new credit you apply for is the other one. That's only about 10% weight, but that's inquiries. So every time you go and try to apply for a new thing, um, there's a hard inquiry on your credit card or on your credit profile. And if you have too many new inquiries, then it hurts your score. And then the last one, and this is interesting, it's diversity of credit. So if you can have a mortgage, an auto loan, and like two different types of credit cards, and maybe a HELOC and a personal loan, that's really diverse. That's great. If you, if you don't have a mortgage and you don't have a car loan and you just have one credit card, then banks look at that as a slight risk because you haven't experienced this type of debt before, if that makes sense. So for me, I have a, a personal loan through KeyBank. It's only about eight grand, but it's a personal loan. It's a line of credit, actually. And then I have a HELOC or a home equity line of credit um, that's mostly paid off, but it's just there if I need it. I have a mortgage. I have an auto lease and then um, something else that I'm forgetting. And so my credit portfolio, the reason I can get to over 800 credit scores is because I have a lot of different forms of debt and I'm paying them all on time. Does that make sense? Yeah, and similar for me, a while back, um, God, maybe ten years ago or so, I took a I took a personal loan, probably about ten grand or so, um, paid that off. So I've shown that I can pay off in full a personal loan and not abuse it over time. Um, multiple personal credit cards, multiple mortgages, auto. Um, what am I forgetting? I've got a HELOC getting set up right now, mm -hmm. and you know, from from various credit cards, it, the, the the money is to be not in consumer debt where you're not over your head you're not missing payments you you can pay off statement balances every month you're showing that you can you can utilize your money and you can cash flow back and with that that gives you more flexibility and actually recently too um something that i did is i, I noticed that my credit score dropped and i was like you know whenever that happens you're like why right you just you just want to you want to be an informed consumer and i realized when i had set up a new um i set up a hilton amex 
um mm. like a dumbass i i did it as a personal card rather than the business card i was just yep, i was, I was going fast remember we were we were throwing fast foundation yeah we were like we oh shit, we we're like okay let's yep. let's get a points card because we, we were because we were points focused we were points focused we weren't APR focused APR that's focused. it's a whole mindset shift dude it was and i remember okay we don't have a hilton card yet let me get one set up <laughs> like a tummy i i picked the personal one so they only approved yep. me for 3500 bucks on it and i was yep. like great okay so now what that did is it took the utilization percentage and it shrunk it for me because most yep. cards, you know, like when you have a good credit score, you apply for a personal card, you probably can get 10K, 20K, maybe even more. This one, they only gave 3,500. And now you're locked at how much you can use. And we were, we were racking up a lot at the Hilton for Fast Foundations. So mm -hmm. we were charging in 3,500 increments. So whenever my credit score would run, it would attach that personally and say, well, you've 100% utilized that allocation out of the hole. Yep. And now it's just been enough months where I can raise that. So I'm sure Amex is going to look at the history. And again, the history matters. You've been paying yep. on time. You, you, you spend money, but you pay it off. So I should be able to now increase that. But realistically, I'm, I'm faced with a choice. If they won't raise that limit, it actually might be more beneficial for me to close that whole account and just be done with it and then just use just not have that against my my credit profile so that's why the utilization and those percentages really matter when you think about it and having low utilization while having a large uh what's the right word allocation the the ability to charge Total available when credit you need it yeah ample credit available to you mm -hmm. that kind of stuff matters and and another pro tip on that. So if, if you're listening to this and you're like, hey guys, this is cool, but I have lower than a 700 credit score, so I probably can't even do this. Um, there are really fast ways to, to solve that. So step one is to open a personal credit card, um, especially if you don't have many, and then use it a little bit. So let's say you open a new personal credit card um, and we can put our favorite business and personal credit cards with links in, in show notes and, and all that kind of stuff for you guys. But um, open a new account, use it at least a little bit, charge something, a piece of furniture, whatever you need on it. Make sure you have the cash available. You could have bought this thing in cash, but you're going to use a credit card instead. Immediately pay that off. Don't pay it all off. Pay like 80% of it off. Pay a little bit of interest. And then the second month, pay it totally off. And now your credit score will jump because you have another account you know, so we talked about one of the things, how many total accounts do you have and what's the diversity of them? You have a lot more credit available to you. So now your utilization is much lower because now you went from one credit card with, let's say, 5K in interest or 5K in uh, total available spend to two credit cards, each with 5K. Now you have 10K total, um, but you're only using one or 2,000 a month um, out of that total. So now your utilization is much lower. And then also the more credit cards you have and this is another thing i just learned if you have multiple cards and you have multiple users on your account the credit age like the total age of your account is a multiple of how long each card has been open times how many total cards you have including authorized users so if you have a partner spouse and you can put them as an authorized user even if they don't use the card now your credit age is going to go up faster because you technically have a whole nother credit card to age. Damn. That makes sense. 
That's cool. Crazy shit, right? Like I, I, no I learned that yesterday. I'm about so to now have my like, kids still have hey, my credit cards. That's right. Awesome. Yeah, I don't know. And, and, and again, this is not financial advice. No, it's yeah, all new to me. It's to us, but really freaking exciting. <laughs> so, um, so that's cool. The other thing that I did recently that I, I jumped from about 750 to over 800 by doing this, um, I leased my car. And you know when you lease or buy a car, you can pay a bunch down. You can put down payments on it to, to make your lease uh, less. I, did, I elected not to do that, even though I had the cash. And I got the full lease for the full amount, put as little down as I possibly could. And then when the lease hit my personal credit, I immediately paid three months out. Instead of putting 10% down, I paid for th- the first three months in full right away. And then I set it all up on auto pay for the following months. And what that did is it took me from, you know, 100% utilization because I had this, this lease that I owed 100% of down to, I don't know, 90% now because I just, I, instead of paying 10% and having a smaller lease on uh, that 10% going to the car dealership, I put the 10% back to Audi Financial Group right away. And now my utilization is much lower. And my credit jumped seriously from about 752 to over 800, like 802, um, just from that one thing. So that's one of those things where it's just a game. It's all an algorithm. It's all numbers. Um, and if you have the cash and you can play that game correctly, you can actually significantly increase your personal credit by doing a few of those things. Now, you don't want to go overboard. Like I said, I think two or three personal credit cards are plenty. Um, I don't think you need too many of them. And it's way more important to keep the total balances as low as possible. And in my opinion, almost everything on planet Earth is and can be a business expense. And so I don't really use my personal credit cards much. You know, it's, it's for things like daycare and food that's strictly personal um, that I can't write off. Those are the only things that I can think of that I use personal credit cards for. And so you know, just keep your balances on your personal credit cards as low as possible. Put everything else on your business cards because you should write it off anyway. So just keep Free it tax separate. money. That's it. It's just, that's how it works. So anyway, all that said, we went through all the different forms of financing that are available that we can think of. There's lots of others, you know, like if you need cash now, there's like on deck and swift capital, Shopify capital, um, QuickBooks does capital. There's like, there's pipe that you sent me before Jim. That's really mm-hmm. cool. Yep. That's kind yeah, of new. Use that. There's a bunch of like short-term fine. And then there's personal loans. There's a lot of ways to get money quickly, but a lot of those things are like 20, 30, 40% interest. So I can't recommend these credit cards enough. Credit cards are not bad. They are not a bad thing. People are scared of them, but if it's a business credit card and you use it for the right thing, and you know you can make enough money within seven months to pay this off and not pay any interest, huge, huge, huge. So just to recap, the things that the banks that I used recently are Wells Fargo, KeyBank, and US Bank. Definitely have to use a relationship manager. So if you don't know how to find a relationship manager or you have trouble getting to one, that's one reason that you should contact us. Um, send me a gym, a DM. We'll hook you up with just the people that we used. We don't, we don't get anything that these relationship managers don't have like affiliate links or anything like that. Um, it's, they work on relationships. And so the more people, yeah, yeah. But the more people we refer to them, the better our relationship with them becomes. And so that's, what's in it for us really is, is just, you know, that 
as the tide rises, all ships rise kind of thing. Um, and who knows, you know, maybe, maybe one of these banks will decide to sponsor our podcast one day. That'd be kind of cool. Hint, hint, if you're a banker. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, but you know, it's just, it's just interesting. And it's so cool that like, this is all like new information. Um, but I, I think key bank was seven months of 0%. Wells Fargo was six, uh, Wells Fargo was nine months. And then U.S. Bank has one that's 15 months of 0% and one that's 20 months of 0%, which is insane. It's just ludicrous to me that that's even a thing. Yeah, um, right Right now, Wells Fargo is uh, nine months at 0%. When I was talking with them, that's that's their nuts. current deal that they open. And, and we're talking and they like for whatever they approve you for. And and actually, yeah. they, they broke down what it typically is. Real, real quick here, I, I do know for Wells Fargo, for, for newer businesses, they can grant... Um, and this is at least what they, they were telling me is right now they can do up to about 35 grand split between line of credit and business yep. credit card of, of available. So you can mix and match. So for example, mm. I'm firing up mm-hmm. a new entity. Val and I are about to start another uh, company so we can get more into some real estate investing. And mm-hmm. for this entity, I just set up a 30K line of credit and a $5,000 credit card. So I've got incidentals on the credit card that are 0% for nine months. I mean, nine months from today. Like just thinking of what you can do where you can just borrow that money and not have to pay interest on it's incredible. And then to have $30,000 available to use for whatever you need is awesome for, let's just call it a brand new entity. You know, like RT, like you, I always have a couple just laying around that, you know, you can fire up if you need it, but that's the beauty of having an entity ready. So that way it shows a little bit of history when you're ready to actually use it. It's not four days old, right? The one that I'm starting with them is about a year old that I just have finally attaching a business checking account to. And that money's available. And I happen to have a good history with Wells Fargo, which is why I think that came around. But they made it pretty clear that that is available where you know the right person to ask. So just can't recommend this stuff enough. You just you have to be the squeaky wheel and ask for what you need. 100%. And I'm just reviewing my notes because there's a, a couple things that um, there's a couple of things that I stumbled on recently that I don't want to forget. Um, so I have to give a shout out to one of the people I've been, I'm just listening to every podcast this guy's been on. And I don't know if he coined this term or if he just owns the domain. Um, but, but his name is Jack McColl and he runs creditstacking.com. And that's where I learned about that credit stacking concept. And he has like a coaching program you can go through, which I'm thinking about doing just so I can learn a lot more. But he's the one that that I learned from about like, okay, you can have one 0% card for a little while and then roll it into another one to get a lot more time. So that's really interesting. Um, that's where that comes from. And then um, he and a couple other people recommended um, if you want to run your personal credit, if you don't know, like I'm saying, oh, my credit score is like 700, 800, blah, blah. if you have no idea what that means. Credit Karma is the app that I use. Typically, it's free. You just, it, you know, it just has it. Simple you know? and easy. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and then if you want to pay for it and get a lot more details and like get into like a lot of the, how do I make it better stuff? Um, a lot of people recommend or recommending myscoreiq.com. Um, so I'm going to sign up for that because I'm just fascinated by the stuff. And if I can get, if I can get above 800, even like that's, I don't even know what'll happen. That's insane. So that's really cool. And then, um, you know, I, I think the, the other thing that we didn't touch on is, Okay. Like line of credit loans, those are cash. You know, if you get approved for a line of credit, you get approved for a loan, that's cash that you can move into your checking account and then immediately spend on your business. 
a 0% APR credit card is great, but it's not cash. Uh, vendors that don't take credit cards, a credit card is just useless for. So first, ask everyone that you have to pay that you owe money to if they're willing to take a credit card. You know, that's step one, because some people just do it. Other people might say, I'll do it, but for a fee, you know, and that's okay. Probably better to pay the fee because you're not paying interest. Um, and so I'm doing a lot of that now. I'm just kind of negotiating. I'm like, all right, can we split the fee? You know, can I pay you like 2% extra, 1.5% extra? Now you're saving a lot of money. Um, if you're like me and us and you have multiple businesses, multiple LLCs, and you have payment processing set up on them, then you can pay one, you know, one of your businesses can pay another business and you just eat the fee. Um, and you don't want to do that too much because now you're just paying QuickBooks or whatever the payment process or Stripe, you're just paying them 3% for no reason. But that is another option. And then some of these credit cards, like the key bank one, they actually came with checks. So you can write a check from the credit card account and that still applies for the 0% financing. Um, but they charge a 4% fee for that check. So turning credit cards into cash will cost you one to 4% in fees, depending on how you do it, unless you can just pay someone directly with a credit card. But I just want to cover that because that's, I'm sure, a question uh, that we'll get. And I got... Um, yeah, Chase and uh, City, they both do the, they do it yep. through the checks a lot. We have, we have multiple Chase cards and Val has a City card. And I think it's Chase. Uh, I think they call them super checks. But like at least twice a month for the last three years, I want to say we've gotten super checks in the mail and you get two options. Would you like... 0% for X months, or would you like 1% for, you know, a few more months, if you will. Uh, and, and they just, they're, they're trying to incentivize you to, to get creative and to pay off mm -hmm. a high balance with something else. Yep. And it works. There's, there's been times where we're like, you know what, actually, this is a good time. We have this that is just bubbled up and we just don't want to use our liquid cash that's in our checking or our savings account or one of these, you know, equity accounts or whatever. Um, let's just actually pay it off with this float it, the money that we'll make back on that interest will just roll right back and then it'll actually be less in the end. So a lot of times we just see that as marketing and we just rip them up or shred them, but sometimes they're really worth it. I mean, honestly, RT, I don't even know if I ever shared the story with you, but growing up with it, my parents, we didn't have a lot of money and my parents got into debt um, really, really early on. And that was really rough on our family. And there, there came a point, I forget how old I was, but I remember my mom and dad just sitting down, they were constantly, they were mapping everything out and they were doing exactly this. They were credit stacking. They were finding mm. opportunities to set up 0%, doing a balance transfer, paying that fee. But then, you know, if, if you think about it, if you're stuck, if you've got a, if you got $10,000 on a credit card and you're paying 20% APY on it, you know, you're paying those payments and you're paying all that extra in interest all the time, give yourself some grace and find a 0% opportunity pay a smaller percentage once and just eat that and then liquidate that card and be done with it. And you get so many benefits from that. One, you lower your overall rate. Two, you've got new established credit with a new card. Three, you've paid off a high utilization card with less. All of these things add up and it just takes diligence to be on it. And I remember for probably about two or three years, there was, there was a point where my parents were just like, we've had enough. We're 
this is a game. We're going to get on top of the game. We don't have a lot of extra money, but we're going to make it work. And they got out of consumer debt because they just got creative and they took these opportunities that they could find. And I can't imagine what our life would have been like if we would have gotten crushed by debt. But they took that responsibility seriously and they figured it out. So it's doable. We're just talking about doing it at a higher level, maybe with your business. But balancing in with personal goes a long way. So I'm a big fan of it. Val and I have done it multiple times for, for us and for our family. But at the end of the day, like you said, man, you've got big expenses coming up for the new year with Vortic. We've got bigger payroll and opportunities than ever before, and it requires cash. So using what's out there is key. And it takes money to make money, you know, um, and that's I feel like we just keep coming, keep coming back to that. And if your goal is much bigger than where you are right now and you need funding to get from point A to point B, then. I mean, all of these are good options, you know, and, and that's why I wanted to start with all the other options um, that, that you and I have tried and done before we get into these credit cards, because credit cards typically are scary uh, to people. Um, they shouldn't be. And, and it's like you said, like if you just sit down and focus on it and do it right, um, then, then you can do it the right way and you can win. Um, and, and I think that's, you know, this, and like I said, this is our first time doing a live podcast. Um, so I, I budgeted an hour. We're right at it. Um, so thanks, Jim, for, for joining me. I, I think we covered a lot. I mean, a ton of documenting of this information. Um, comment on the podcast or on YouTube below if you want us to answer any more questions, want us to go deeper on any one of these topics. Um, of course, like we go real deep on a lot of these topics in our mastermind. We're going to have all kinds of awesome conversations in the Fast Foundations Mastermind about this. Um, and you can learn more at, uh, at fastfoundations.com. Um, always have to say that um, a wristwatch is a business expense. So if you do get one of these 0% APR business credit cards, this uh, podcast is not officially sponsored by Vortic Watch Company, but you sure can use Very one of these credit cards sponsored. Yes. to go ahead and grab one. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but that's where it all started, you know, because I need, I need more funding, financing, so I can go make a ton of watches uh, to scale up for the holidays because we're going to sell the most watches we've ever sold in the next three months. And it's just crazy. Um, so before we totally close it out and we can kind of let our, our podcast, uh, team decide if they want to include these, but we got a, I think I got five questions from yeah, the audience. Yeah, some questions got coming in. How about I run through um, these and we tag team them, RT? Sound good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. All right, let's see. So first question in, what's your favorite personal credit card? Dope question. Um, yeah, let's both question. answer. So I might, the first personal credit card I ever got was the United Explorer card. And it's before I knew that United Airlines had a business credit card. And so now I have one of those too. But I, I don't know what it is, but it's not a whole lot, but it basically you get points towards airline miles. Um, and since I'm near Denver and Denver is mostly United, I was just like, sweet. That's my favorite personal card. I've, I've heard the Apple card is awesome. You have one of those, don't you? Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that. I, I think I actually want to choose the Apple card right now for a lot of yeah. reasons. So you, you know, your mileage is going to vary based off your credit history, but I think I was approved for, I don't know. I think I've got like an $18,000 limit on it. So there's plenty of room. The app is awesome because it's built right into iOS. So it's really intuitive. It breaks everything down. What's, what's really awesome about the Apple card um, one is if you ever just feel like you, you 
too many people have your credit card, you want to, you can just rotate out the number, like with the tap of a button and it swaps out the CVV number and everything else. In fact, the number isn't even on the card. It's a heavy card, but it just has your name. So it's, it's also, it kind of looks really nice, but what's really cool about it is two, two big things. One is that if you use Apple pay with your Apple card, they give you an extra 1% back on almost every single thing. So here's an example. You can, you can stack points in multiple ways. Um, you guys probably already know this, uh, based off the card, you get cash back at different places. Let's say, okay, here, here's a really good example. We take our puppy to uh, PetSmart and we do like yeah. a doggy daycare thing during the day. So that way the dog can play and all that. I prepay for about 20 or 25 of these like stays at a time. Cause it's like 500 bucks. Right. Yeah. And normally if you use a credit card, you probably get 1% cash back. Well, Apple has a deal with PetSmart where you get 2% cash back. In addition to that, if you use Apple Pay, you get 3% cash back. Oh, In wow. addition to that, if you use a cashback service like Rakuten or something, then you can also get cash back on top of it. So you can keep Dude, we stacking do, it. We got to do a whole I, I can do a whole one cash on cashback from my previous. Yeah. yeah, we got to take note oh, of that. Oh, man. Okay. We'll circle but back. I'm gonna I love the Apple Card because you get extra cash back. It works with Apple Pay. And a really nice thing that blends into business. Now is actually the next question is what's the favorite business card? So I'll, I'll start this one and then RT, you can hop in is with the Apple card, they offer 0% financing on, on purchases from the Apple store. Mm. So for example, um, I, I didn't even tell you this RT, but the night before last, the battery in my laptop just took a shit. Like, so I had to order another laptop. So I got like a new COVID. laptop coming in. Yeah. Um, but that said, rather than prepaying and spending all that initial cash, mm. you can just pay over time and they it's don't crazy. charge you anything more for it. So you're taking Apple's money to just I mean, pay it over a point of time. Like, don't, don't they have half a trillion in the bank? They're like, I think fine, they're okay. so why not <laughs> use it, right? And that's the thing. So, you know, this this blends into the business conversation. But, you know, when we when we hire a new full-time staff member, we offer to get them a computer and all those things. Yep. Like, all of that adds up. If you're spending a grand, right. two grand per system, per employee, that can, that can add up really quick. Or in my case, I needed a new system. So rather than just dropping the what did it come out to like two grand for the the, the new laptop it's like 150 something bucks a month so why not and all of that is just integrated directly into that apple card so Crazy. i'm really liking the apple card right now that's awesome the the other one that that i i guess two that i thought of when i said united um i'm also a marriott fan but i, I feel like you can just input you know hotel or airline brand here right hilton southwest yeah. like Insert whichever hotel yeah, whatever hotel or airline you're going to use most frequently, um, highly recommend that that card. I think that's awesome. And then the other one that I realized um, Lindsay and I have personally is a uh, an Amazon store card. Yeah, um, and that's a personal card too. through Amazon. It's not even a real card. Like I don't actually have any plastic with it, um, it but it gives you five percent cash back on Amazon, and so that adds up really quickly on the the personal Amazon side. So and mine is Chase. So if if you're a Chase member, um, mm. you can you can log into your Chase account. You can probably apply for the Amazon card. There it works for Whole yep. Foods, um, anything that am, that Amazon. I forgot about owns. Whole Foods. Yeah, because now they Speaking own them, of companies so. with plenty of money. <laughs> That'll be but totally again, you know, fine. If, if you think about it, like for Fast Foundations, we buy a lot of stuff from Amazon. So where mm -hmm. we can put that stuff on an Amazon card, you still get that money back. So there's all these ways you can keep stacking it along the way. Then let's see on business side as well. So Marriott and Hilton, um, I'm a fan of using the, the AMX 
loyalty for the hotel brand because they just they've got great great multipliers on on the points that you can get so marriott i think with amx is like five times the points for for purchases and stays hilton is something absolutely crazy like 14 times so when we had our event at the hilton i immediately like that account just went to platinum basically overnight it was wild so i'm i'm a big fan of those and those you do have to pay those aren't the um uh, like charge cards in a sense but yeah. other than that you know i've had a i've had an amex gold card for quite a while and that's the no preset spending limit so if you've got a ten thousand dollar twenty thousand dollar one-time charge you just have to deal with they they don't care as long as you can pay it off so you can hold a balance longer um you don't have to you can pay it over time you don't have to pay all of that off right away that's yeah that's fantastic and i I mean, I, I listed um, the Amex Platinum card is awesome. It's like $600 uh, a year to just be a member of it. But the points can get transferred to all kinds of other point systems like Marriott and things like that. And it's one of those cards that basically doesn't have a limit. So if you're a big right. spender, um, Amex Platinum is awesome. I got one of those and I'm still kind of learning all the best ways to lo- use it. Lose it. Yeah, don't lose the card. Yeah, don't you lose that one. Can't. It's hard to lose because it's solid metal. But the uh, the other one that <laughs> the, the other one that we used for business that's cool um, that's not zero percent um, but is really awesome is the Amex Gold card and if you spend a lot of money on Facebook ads TikTok ads Google ads um, they give you four four times the points on advertising and they give you four times the points on shipping so if you're running an Amazon store or a Shopify store or a drop shipping store. And you get four times the points on literally every single dollar spent on those things. Amex Gold is legit. Um, I use the Marriott and United card, or I did prior to the 0% stuff because I'm just a Marriott guy and I fly United. So that just works out really well. And then I'll make a list in the show notes and and uh, links to all these things. But um, we talked a lot about the 0% APR intro offer cards. And so far, I have experience with Wells Fargo. They call that the Platinum Card, Key Bank. I don't really know what the Key Bank card is is called. I haven't got them yet, but those are zero percent for like seven months. And then uh, U.S. Bank calls it the Platinum Card, and they have fifteen and twenty month options. And this one, I just got this yesterday from Bank of America. They don't say what it's called actually, but they have one that's apparently. I mean, it just says right here, it's crazy. Twenty one billing cycles of zero uh, percent APR. So do not lose that. I'm going to look paper, into that sweet offer. <laughs> Holy and again, we will put links to these things so you can learn more, but do not, I repeat, do not apply for those zero percent APR cards online using the links and stuff. Yeah. We might get some affiliate thing from it, but don't just don't, we don't want that. Don't do that. We want you to get more funding. Um, get, ask for, ask your bank or ask us to connect you to a relationship manager and a real human that works for Bank of America or Wells Fargo or KeyBank, whatever, will will make this happen for you. Um, and they'll get literally twice as much credit for you. It's crazy. The other question is what other banks can we use? And that's really my list of, so we went through Wells Fargo, KeyBank, US Bank. Um, the other ones they haven't explored yet are, are like this one from Bank of America. I haven't gotten into that, but that's cool. I'm going to look into that. Um, Chase Bank. A lot of people talk about Chase. Um, Chase really burned me last year, so I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, you know, work that out uh, with them. Um, I was a Chase customer for like almost a decade, and they just randomly closed one of my business accounts um, because there was fraud, and I was just like, "Yo, I didn't want you to close the account. I wanted you to just." 
freeze it Deal and help me problem. with the fraud. Yeah. And I had to go into the bank. It's just, it's not even worth it. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll mend my relationship with Chase because they have a couple 0% cards. Um, so that's, that's worth looking into um, as well. And honestly, I feel like it's any me- medium to large bank is going to have one of these 0% promotions pretty much all the time. Um, so I, there's, I'm sure, 50 other banks that we're not even thinking of. Um, the only other question uh, we got? thing that I've seen come up here is that a lot of times you get the question about like, do you use credit unions, something local mm. or something smaller or do you use something bigger? And RT, I'm curious about you, but I've never worked with a smaller like credit union type thing. I've yep. always just gone right for one of the big names because I knew they had the resources that I needed. And in this case, it paid off. I just, I haven't seen value in doing like a local credit union. Like, have you ever yeah. done anything a little bit more like local, hyper local bank? You know, I've never used a credit union. I've been told that credit unions are great for people just starting out or that don't have good credit because mm. to to get into a credit union, you're basically uh, joining a membership to a bank. Like that's the the process behind it. It's almost like the Sam's Club of banks, I guess. And that's and I, I just insulted a bunch of people. So I'm sorry if you work for a credit union. That's incorrect. I don't know. I really don't have a whole lot of experience. That we haven't worked with them. So um, yeah, but but. I, I've been told that because you're a member of the credit union, basically every month you're a member gives you more clout with the bank and and lets them you know help you more. And so um, it's it's like a faster way to a relationship with the bank if you're just starting out. So that's interesting to me. But since I already have great relationship with big banks, you know, there's no reason to go to to try that. The smaller banks, like regional and local banks, are awesome for the loans, like the big loans, the SBA loans, um, especially when you're starting out. If you have good tax returns, you your business is doing well financially, and you can walk into a small bank and ask for like a fifty dollars to $100,000 loan or start an SBA loan process, Chase and Wells Fargo and these big banks are going to laugh you out the door because you just got started and you're only making hundred grand or something like that. And that's just too small for them to do a, to waste time. It literally is a waste of time for them for SBA loans or those like traditional loans. But that's what those small regional banks are for. I've worked with five different local and regional banks um, to get all the loans I have now. And I, I think just now, almost 10 years into business, I can start working with these big banks on the bigger loans. Now, that's that's totally separate from the credit cards. Anyone, anytime with a brand new business can go get one of these credit cards we're talking about. I'm talking about those smaller $100,000 to $500,000 startup loans. Perfect for those small banks. Perfect. What if I'm in Canada? Great question Ooh, from yeah. a Canadian north of the wall. Um, so I asked this question actually of, of my Wells Fargo relationship manager and a bank as big as Wells Fargo can work and does work in Canada. So I'm pretty sure that pretty much everything we talked about Outside of the SBA loans, SBA is a US-based thing. Outside of SBA loans, I'm pretty sure everything else we just talked about, including the credit cards, is available to Canada um, through Wells Fargo. The other banks, we'll have to check, you know, and I'm pretty sure that's just a, an ask. Um, I would venture to bet that there's some big banks in Canada that have very similar options, though. So, yep, great, great, Same. great question. Last question we got. Um, what is a great way to increase your business credit score? Gosh, that's a great question. So I'm just starting this process now. Um, so your your business credit score is very different 
than a personal credit score. Personal credit scores is like a federal program. You got FICO, you got the, the three credit bureaus. It's like this whole big thing and there's tons of research and tons of things. And we went through the five ways to edit it and help with all that stuff. So basically a mafia. It's, it's the, it is, it is a mafia. Yeah. (laughs) The (laughs) business credit is like, if business credit were a business, it would be like a startup in San Francisco. Like they are just trying to figure it out. There's, there's, there's no unified system for all the data you know they there's a bunch of ideas being floated around and stuff like that there's a bunch of other sharks in the water like um the better business bureau and the dunn's number like dunn and bradstreet which if either of those companies ever reach out to you tell them to pound sand those giant scams in my opinion this is my my opinion nobody cares if you have the bbb logo on your business anymore that's just totally antiquated and the Dunn's number, technically, like some banks have have asked me for my Dunn's number and have pulled that. But when I say, oh, I'm sorry, I just don't really use that. They're like, okay, cool. We just won't even look at it. What matters in my research on business credit is business lines of credit that report to somewhere. Where they go is, is not, again, it's not really a centralized system. Um, it's hard to find. Um, and it's, it's, we should probably do a whole nother episode maybe bring in a guest that can kind of edge maybe a banker that can kind of educate on this. Like, what do yeah, you look for in business credit? But there are companies like Uline, for example, where you can go to Uline and you can get a line of credit, which means that I can order a bunch of boxes. Uline like makes boxes, shipping materials, pallets of stuff, like all kinds of business supplies, paper. Um, you can get a line of credit with them. So instead of paying with a credit card or, you know, paying as soon as you buy something, they'll give you net 30 terms. So you can get a pallet worth of shipping boxes for your business from Uline, and then you have 30 days to pay them. And when you sign up for that, you can ask them to report that um, and report your payments or not. Most of the time, you know, um, you would want to say, yes, please report this. And as long as you pay those, those off on time, that helps your business credit. There's also like equipment leases, equipment financing. So I have a couple pieces of equipment here at Vortec that are leased. It's like a lease to own kind of program. And um, making those payments on time helps business credit. Like the business bankers will see that I have a note payable out to a leasing company for a piece of equipment. And they'll see that I've paid all those payments on time and they'll see utilization. I think the answer to this question of how do I increase my business credit score is a business credit score is just not really a thing. It's the exact reason why you want a human to review all this stuff and use a relationship manager instead of a, an algorithm or just the bank's, you know, computer, because if you have some of these, some of these credit lines, um, or, or if you have a, a, a vendor that you work with, that you make payments to over time, they can basically send like a reference letter and say, yeah, Vortec Watch Company and RT, you know, uh, we've worked with them for like three years and they've always paid their invoices on time or at least within reason. Um, And those anecdotal things will help get a higher limit on your business banking relationships um, because you're working with a real human. So that's as much as I know now, but I'm kind of starting that process now because I I heard that if, if you have theoretically a larger 
or a better business credit score. There's no scoring system, but it, there are ways to help with that. And so those are the ways I know of now. And I'm exploring new and different ways because obviously that's great for the business long term. Yep. Yeah. The only thing I could think of is, you know, being a business, there may be cases where disputes might be filed against you. You want to make sure yep. you resolve those, right? Anything that, that just subjectively or objectively you feel tie you to some kind of a financial burden, if you will. So yeah, paying your bills on time. You don't want to have a lot of overused credit where you can avoid mm. it, right? Mm -hmm. So just making sure that you're not overconsumed. Um, and then, yeah, if, 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 if you sold something to somebody and they file a dispute, don't ignore it, like deal with it, you know, get that yep. kind of stuff clean because it's almost like coming back and having like a lien on your house. If you wanted to go do something, totally. you're like, oh, I kind of wish that would have went away, but I should have taken care of it. Yep. You want to make sure that everything is just, is, is good for your business because when you need it the most, you don't want to get caught and realize that now it's going to be too hard to get what you need to cash flow. Yeah. So it's really just doing, doing simple, things the right way honest things to get your and business in order. Exactly. And like relationship management, you just want a good relationship with anyone that you owe money to, you know, just do it the right way. So that's it. Um, awesome. Well, thanks Jim for, for joining me and, and, uh, and diving into all things, business financing, 0%. Thanks everybody. Um, if you've made it this far in the episode, um, really appreciate you coming on this journey with us. If you want to learn more, hit subscribe to the Fast Foundations podcast on whichever platform you're listening right now. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can check that out. Um, if you want to learn more about Fast Foundations Mastermind and be able to go deeper on all these subjects, go to fastfoundations.com, hop on the list, and we'll talk to you about that. But um, yeah, that's everything we have for you today. And totally let us know if you like this live format um, and how deep we can go on these questions. Um, let us know what other questions you have in the comments or send us a DM with those questions so we can get them answered on the next one. Other than that, we'll see you next time. Always fun, my brother. Talk soon. Thank you so much for tuning in. For more free business tips like this, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram at fast.foundations. What was your biggest takeaway from this episode? We want to know. Tag us on Instagram, share this episode with a friend and leave us a five-star rating and review so we can reach more incredible entrepreneurs like you. We're so glad to have you as part of our community. Go to our website, fastfoundations.com for details on our next in-person event. This podcast is sponsored by Carter & Custer Agency at carterandcuster.com.